Do you have anybody in your office or in your family, maybe even in your friend group, where you just, it's hard to get along with them? If you don't, you might be that person. <laughs> We're going to see this happen today. Jesus calls a disciple who not many are going to get along with. Yeah, the Jesus other disciples aren't. They're not going to be happy about this guy. Nope. We're in Luke chapter 5. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And I'm going to just get started right away with verse 1 of Luke 5. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were where the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets, which we can envision this because we, we've seen, Junior and I both have seen right where the water's edge near where we think this happened, on not too far from Capernaum, where they would have left their boats and probably docked their boats and where they would have been washing yeah, their nets. I tried fishing there. Yeah. And Didn't catch anything. That's where, yeah, that's it's that funny. story. <laughs> well, there's that story, but there's also, it was it was kind of funny because I think you're getting annoyed because there's a spot right off Capernaum where everybody's very reflective. Oh, this is where Jesus called his disciples. <laughs> and I was on the shore throwing rocks at fish just so I could say I caught one. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's where Jordan snagged a dead fish and yeah. made us believe that he had caught a fish. He was right. wiggling it around to make it look alive. Yeah, what a jerk. All right, verse 3, uh, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And again, we, we can see that happening because the land slopes up from there, so it would have formed a natural amphitheater where they could have heard his voice very well, and he was speaking up towards the crowd. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out to where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Well, this was morning, and they they fished at night, when the fishing was better, and Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. You know, he wants to go home and get a, go to bed. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And so we, we already did this, but okay, you, if you're telling me to. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners into the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. So these were his fishing partners. They, I mean, it was a miracle. That, that's what it was. There's no way that this would have happened naturally. This was a miracle. And so they knew that this was brought about by Jesus. And Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on? You'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. That's the theme we find with these disciples, is that when Jesus called them, they didn't give it time. They just did it. They just followed him. Verse 12, in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing. And touched said. him was a big deal. I mean, this was somebody who, again, is considered, you just said, unclean. But this is also a disease that is extremely contagious. And so Jesus touching him would have been shocking to those watching. He, he probably hadn't been touched in a, in a couple of years yeah. by anybody. Yeah. Was craving human interaction. Yep. Jesus touched him and said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone that what had happened. And he said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. 
This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. You know, getting alone and getting away and just spending time with the Father was a big deal to Jesus. It really mattered to him. And it ought to matter to us that uh, there are, and, and this is why it's important. If you don't schedule it, if you don't make it happen, it's not going to happen. That's why we're, we do this podcast, to be able to encourage you to be able to get away and just listen to God's word and spend some time in prayer. Verse 17 then, when, one day when Jesus was teaching some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby, it seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man... I just love to picture this, by the way, because yeah. you have a guy who's, who's lame, and yet he's, dang, he's literally dangling <laughs> from the ceiling. Uh, probably because they were, there was such a crowd of people pressing into Jesus, probably over the tops of their heads. Oh, yeah. And when Jesus looks up and... Uh, you know, yeah. if I'm the owner of this house, excuse my anger, but I'm thinking, you just you just went through my roof. <laughs> like, this guy, this is like a pinata here. I am angry, you know? Yeah. And Until, until, until Jesus. this happens. Yep. And so, seeing your faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. By the way, notice in verse 20, it says, seeing their faith. That is the faith of the people that brought him to Jesus. I have seen it time and again when supposed faith healers, when someone didn't get they didn't get healed, they blamed it on the faith of the person that didn't get healed. Here we see instead it was based on the faith of the people who brought him. So I would say it's the faith healer's faith that's in jeopardy yeah. in those situations. Um, but anyway... Um, Verse 21, but the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins, which is true. And of course, Jesus was claiming to be God in this passage. You want to pick up in verse 22? Yeah, Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand, stand up, pick up your mat go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. And that's where the proof came in, that he does have the power to forgive sins. He healed him, and it just, you know, that was demonstrated at that point. All right, let's continue on. Which is why they call it signs, right? Yeah. Sometimes um, people can get stuck on the miracle, but all of Jesus' miracles were pointing to his divinity. That was the point of it. That was the biggest deal. The point of it is always any kind of a miraculous act, it's always to point people to God, to put their trust in him, and they're looking... It's looking towards eternity, which matters more, far more than the temporary issue that they were being delivered from. Yeah. Now, here's where Jesus calls the guy who nobody wants to be in a group with. Hmm. This is later, as Jesus left town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. I don't know about you, but you know, I, you, both of us enjoy watching The Chosen. And yeah. I mean, it really is a good depiction. <laughs> and after I read this, every time I, you know, people, in fact, some people have 
criticize the chosen by saying, well, then when you think of Jesus, you think of the, the Jesus character and the chosen. And I don't. But when I think of Levi or Matthew, <laughs> I love that character oh, and the too. chosen. And so, and so yeah. I always think of him. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was, and it was in the, in the, if you haven't seen the, the movie or the series, he's uh, on the spectrum. Yeah. So he's a bit of an autistic man. Yeah. And very gifted, and so that's that's why I think up here. Anyway, yep. Yep. let's continue. Uh, later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Which, you know, he said that out loud, it's like, Mm-hmm. I bet all the people at the table are like, hey, what, do you, what does that say about me? You're calling yeah. me sick? Because <laughs> I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Mm. Which is really, all of us are sinners. It's just that yeah. not everyone knows that they are, yep. know that they need repentance. That's right. One day some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Jesus responded, do wedding guests feast while celebrating with a groom? Or fast while celebrating with a groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment, for then the new garment would be ruined. And the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Hmm. What does he mean by that? Well, Jesus was marking this change, the new covenant, that he was the new covenant, and that they were still stuck in the past, and Jesus is trying to move them on to think of, of what is going on here, that he is the bride, that he is the he is the bridegroom. And that they are to celebrate him being there. That's what the, the question about the fasting. He was saying, "Well, why would they fast right now? Because I'm here. Yeah. They may they'll fast later on, but it's yeah. not necessary right now." But he, then he's trying to get them to think in the newness of what is happening. That he is the new covenant, and there's a new dispensation yeah. that he is launching. That'll be because of his death and resurrection that they will be forgiven. All right. Let's get over to Proverbs nine. Proverbs nine. Yep. Proverbs nine. We're gonna focus in on verse four. It says, "This is." Uh, this is actually wisdom. This yeah. is uh, this is when we were talking about this before. I was making uh, kind of some faulty assumptions, Junior, because this is actually wisdom that's inviting people to come along yeah. and to partake, and so it's giving hope to people like me. Verse verse four gives hope to someone like me. Go ahead and read it. it. Says, "Come in with me," she urges the simple to those who lack judgment. She says, "Come eat my food and drink the wine I've mixed. Leave your simple ways behind and begin to live." Learn to use good judgment. There you go. And I remember as a 17-year-old kid reading verses like this yeah. where I thought, okay, there, there is hope. Yeah. Because even though I may be simple-minded, and I definitely was and still am often, that God offers to give wisdom if we're willing to look for it. That's right. So seek that wisdom today. Well, I hope you make it a great Tuesday. It was great reading Scripture with you, and we look forward to reading with you tomorrow.